You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Uh, as much as I would like to dive into my top 11 prospects, I think I'm going to save that for tomorrow with the qualifying offers and a few minor trades and a lot of teams making roster announcements. It's kind of just a day of business around the league that we have to talk about. So I want to start off with the New York Yankees. Uh, so I'm going to be like every other piece of media. It's interesting that with the situation the Yankees are in and the team that they can be where they should be able to take risks that they did not offer the qualifying offer to Dellen Patanzas or D.D. Gregarious. These two guys should immediately move to the top of the Indians list. If those guys want a one-year prove-it deal, uh, or if you know you can get them at a two- or three-year deal, uh, go for it. Because remember, they didn't get offered the qualifying offer, so at the end of those contracts, the Indians can offer them the qualifying offer and get a pick back. Uh, both guys were injured. There is some risk, but in uh, Batances, before injury, was arguably the best reliever in baseball. You go and you look at the numbers, he was unhittable. He was just absolutely positively filthy. 90 innings, 84 innings, 73 innings, 59, 66, and then he missed virtually all of this year. It's hard to find a better reliever. He immediately moves to the top of the charts for me. Um, D.D. Gregarious uh, just would be an ideal player in the middle of the infield. Uh, I would love to add him at a reasonable contract, especially because if anything goes south, you're still going to have a power-hitting shortstop who plays really strong defense there. Uh, But let's talk about the qualifying offers before we talk about some other moves the teams made today there were 10 players who got the qualifying offer uh i don't think it's really that surprising of a list when you go through it but jose abreu of the white Sox, madison Bumgardner of the giants garrett cole of the astros josh donaldson of the braves jaco de of the twins marcelo zuna of the cardinals anthony rendon of the nationals will smith of the giants steven strasburg of the nationals and Zach Wheeler of the Mets. I think the surprise were the names who weren't on it and that J.D. Martinez um, didn't opt out. But I'm pretty sure if he had opted out, um, he could not have been given the qualifying offer because he, or no, he could be, could have been given to him because when the Tigers traded him the Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks could not give him the qualifying offer. So he could have been given the qualifying offer or if Chapman had um, opted out. Again, that same situation. But I didn't think Cole Hamels was really much of an opportunity because he kind of fell apart a bit in there in the second half. But, I mean, the Yankees, why do you not give it to Gregarious? It's a one-year deal. Like, they're a team that can absorb that. And what this comes down to, and I'll talk about this later on in the show with the Brewers as well, teams are loading up for this free agency. Um, after the past few years of seeing teams barely stick toes in, uh, it looks like teams are going to spend. Teams wore trying to acquire as much liquidity as possible. And that's what we see with the Yankees. They're, but if they strike out, if they don't get Garrett Cole, then to me it's going to be a, a miss. They have to get uh, basically Cole or Strasburg to make this even worthwhile. You know, Rendon would uh, solidify third base. You know, it's like you got Anjouar and you got Urshela. I'm not sure if they feel that either of those guys are long-term guys. But the Yankees need pitching. Um, so you have to get one of those two, or it's, it's to me, it, it's going to be a blunder because basically this screams to me that, that they're pretty sure Gregarious and, uh, Batanzas would accept those deals. 
and that is why they let them go. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. So it sets up Nationals having uh, two players and the Giants having two players. Um, Salary-wise, the Giants could end up becoming one of the dominators of this draft. It'll be interesting to check out and see. The uh, yeah, I mean they're going to be one of those teams that can really dictate the draft this year, based on how a free agency uh, goes for them because they're not going to sign anyone. Um, I don't see Will Smith coming back, but Will Smith's one of those guys. Relievers have been a little bit bulletproof. We've seen they typically sign no matter what, and their market does not go down because teams, you know, it's uh, a fungi fungible position. You know, you need relievers. You need five to six of them. Um, it's not like when you need a second baseman, you have to get a second baseman. You just need relievers. You need a, a stable of solid relievers, and that tends to make their value a little bit higher because you need m many of them. It's so the one thing like pitching. You know, you need many starters. You need many relievers. So we'll see about the market with Will Smith. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I think, could have a limited market. We'll have to see after teams, you know, strike out or don't get their guy they want. And Jose, Jose Abreu, I could see going back to the White Sox, in all honesty. Um, but yeah, it's, and then someone like Marcelo Zuna, like, I'm going to be curious to see what market develops for him. I think he could be one of those guys that doesn't end up signing to, like, June. He could be the Krimble, Krimble? The Keichel, or Kimbrel of this class, in my eyes. Uh, I think, you know, Strasburg and Cole are going to come off quick. Pitching always signs... Uh, very quickly. I think Rendon is going to be a relatively quick get. Um, I would not be surprised. The Nationals are not a team that waits. If the Nationals keep Strasburg and then try to like sign Donaldson, like they, they like to have their fallbacks. Um, I could see them moving on just because of Rendon's past injury history and Donaldson having the rebound after his one down year. So that kind of talks about the qualifying offers. The Phillies made a whole bunch of moves today, and I, I bring them up because there's someone in there that really stood out to me. Um, the They decided to keep uh, Odubel Herrera, who's really declined every single year and then had an ugly domestic violence situation. They let go you know, Jason Vargas, Pat Neshek, and Jared Hughes. To uh, uh, it's, it's just part of it. And, you know, Jared Eckhoff is one of those guys, along with Blake Parker, I've been kind of intrigued by for a while, and I'd like to see what uh, a team could do if they could maybe fix that. And so that that was just one of those that Jared Eckhoff in particular is someone that, under the radar guy for the Indians to consider, so I wanted to mention him on this podcast. Speaking of the Indians and this podcast, Cole Calhoun, uh, a guy that we have talked about multiple times through the course of this podcast, maybe the Indians could get a really cheap trade for him. Well, uh, it's hard to get cheaper than right now, where the Angels did include, did indeed decline his offer. I'm going to put this in the same camp with some of the other teams where I feel like the Angels are, you know, solidifying their money so they can go out and make a run at this pitch. The pitchers that are out there, we'll have to see what happens. But it's certainly an interesting situation where Calhoun's been a you know a solid performer. And he was let go. He's a, certainly a name to consider. Another guy I would move up that list now that we know he's going to be a free agent for sure. If you can get him on a one- or two-year deal, it's nice power, plays a decent outfield. He's not a great on-base guy, but he's certainly better than some of the internal options the Indians have. And you out there have options. 
um, when it comes to male enhancement. We know there is so many different types and brands and varieties, but at the end of the day, our great sponsor has been bluechew.com and they have one thing that stands out uh, above any other competition, which is their chewable. And things that are chewable gets your bloodstream quicker. That's why, you know, uh, we have chew, uh, chewable Tylenol and such. Once it's chewed, it can be dissolved and it gets in your bloodstream and allows it to be quick acting. So a chewable pill for men's enhancement means you can have your fun quicker. You can you don't have to sit around and, and wait or plan for your moment. Uh, it, it allows you to bring spontaneity back. So BlueChew.com, they've been our grand partner for a long time. You go over to their website and use the promo code MLB. What this is going to do for you is you get a free trial. You just have to pay the five bucks for shipping. That's how much they believe in their product. They're giving it away for free. So BlueChew.com using the promo code MLB. So I mentioned before the break the Brewers. And the Brewers kind of uh, surprised me on a lot of levels today. Uh, I don't know where to start. But one is uh, Eric... Uh, Thames being let go. Now the Brewers have been just <laughs> bleeding first baseman the past few years. You know, this is a team that's letting go of Eric Thames. They trade away Jesus Aguilar and also trade away G Min Choi, I believe, uh, two years ago in a Tampa Bay deal. Thames didn't make a ton of money. It was kind of a surprise to many people that he was let go. Um, as I try to pull up the overall amount, it was a seven point five million dollar club option with a $1 million buyout. So just a $6.5 million difference for a guy who had 25 home runs and 23 doubles and had a OPS of about 850 a year ago. Now he's a pretty terrible defender. Um, I mean, at first base, he's maybe closer to average, but really in the outfield, it hasn't worked out. This screams, again, a team trying to save money, especially as we'll talk about their other trade that they made today. Um, you know, they still have Ryan Braun there, so I guess they're going to try to push him over to first is what it seems like. But Thames is one of those guys that uh, his age at 32 and his defensive issues might limit his market. I would love the Indians to consider him. I wanted them to trade for him multiple times. He's just a professional hitter. Um, he's going to go out there. He's going to be a solid left-handed bat. He walks. He hits for power. He hits doubles. Uh yeah, sign me up uh, if you can get him. Cl- and that's why I was kind of surprised. Like at seven point five million, if you're already going to pay the million, that they couldn't get something as a trade asset for a guy. Because if you're a team like the Indians, and it's like, okay, we can get him at six point five million. Sign, you know, again, sign me up. This is a guy who improves you at a very cheap cost relative to uh, to free agency. I mean, the thought process might be that first baseman are a dime a dozen in free agency. But, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see. I mean, a 117 OPS plus, he would have been a welcome addition at any point last year to that Indians lineup. The other deal Milwaukee made that stood out to me was trading away Chase Anderson, uh, a solid starter for them on a team that has been pitchy needy forever. I mean, the Brewers always need pitching, and they traded away a starter. Now, he had a $8.5 million option and a $9.5 million option for next year. So this is, again, about saving money. He's going to be 32. Um, He actually still has arbitration-eligible seasons left, but it looks like if they were to decline his contract options and he entered arbitration, he might actually get more from arbitration than these because he's pitched so many years up in the uh, majors. For the the Blue Jays, the other side of things here, they just get a solid, reliable back-end starter for... 
you know, he was worth 1.7 war this year. You look at his FIP, uh, you know, not great the last two years. He is moving into his 30s, but he's a back-end starter, and they gave up a first-base-only prospect in Chad Spanberger. He's put up some good numbers in the minors, but is all power and not much else. Um, he's basically a Bobby Bradley type, um, a lesser version of Bobby Bradley. That is what uh, they traded to get a solid back-end starter. But at the end of the day, for Milwaukee, that clears $16 million off their books, which even if they're not chasing a starter, which I don't think they are, that's the money they could go with someone like Grandel to re-sign him because they don't have a lot of options to catch her. Or it could be... Um, to keep Moustakis there, another guy that they've got. They've got some free agency decisions looming. Now, the Indians also did make some maneuvers today. It's kind of surprising. I know they didn't lead with this. Um, they released four guys that were four players I predicted they would let go. Uh, Tyler Olson, who is supposed to be kind of a loogie, but with rule changes coming up, um, probably wasn't going to carry as much value and just hadn't been good. Uh, he was going to have a, a decent... Uh, he was going to earn a few million in uh, arbitration as well, so moving on makes sense. Danny Salazar didn't do anything. It's kind of crazy that uh, Danny Salazar, at this point, we're just letting go. You know, there was a point in time where the rumored deal was Salazar for Solar and Baez, and I didn't think it was enough, and boy, how nice would the Indians look right now with Solar and Baez. Uh, I proved very wrong about both those hitters, though I did prove right that Solar can't play in the field. Uh, so Salazar is gone. AJ Cole, he was uh, just kind of a random arm. I don't think he really cared much value. Cody Anderson just couldn't stay healthy. One of those guys that uh, lack of health. So by releasing those four guys and then shifting players who are on the long-term disabled list along with the players who were hitting free agent naturally, uh, I counted it twice, so I'm probably still wrong, but the Indians are at 38 out of 40. The two natural ads at this point are going to be Tristan McKenzie and Daniel Johnson. And of course, this you know puts a few players at risk, especially because um, it's never going to be easier to have a guy make your team with a 26-man roster next year. The players to kind of pay attention to um, Cam Hill and Jared Robinson, a pair of relievers. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think one of them, maybe Cam Hill, is going to be able to leave as a minor league free agent. Um, Jose Fermin, who's a top 20 prospect for me, is an infielder in the lower minders. And Scott Moss is probably the biggest risk, one of those pieces in the deal for uh, for Kluber, for Kluber, for Bauer. Uh, lefty, good track record. Lefty, I mean, that's about all you need to say. So, yeah, that's certainly something to watch out for. I mean, the Indians are likely going to make some more deals, but it is interesting that they set up at this point to be at exactly 40 when you add in the two big-name prospects. I also forgot to mention Luis Oviedo, who was a top 10 guy a year ago um i think the fact that he's never made it to high a at this point makes it unlikely um and then kaya tom who i've never really thought's going to make it in spite of his outstanding year and i really hope he gets picked and goes and has a fantastic season for somebody um what he did this year if i was a team and i've said it a million times with him if i was a crappy team i'm rolling the dice on a high producing player like tom uh bill barnwell had an interesting piece a few years ago about why uh, or a few years ago, a few months ago, about like if you want to find success at quarterback, look for someone who has negative stats or you know negative indicators in the on day two. So like uh, someone like Mason Rudolph, he's big, like a big quarterback, 
if he was really that talented, would have gone higher. You want to look for the guy who's undersized or has um, a lot of physical maybe things going against him. That's Kaye Tom. He's the guy who's going to constantly be underestimated because of physical tools and size, but the performance is there, and those are the guys that end up uh, severely outperforming their position to the point where teams look foolish when they go elsewhere. And in closing, let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota Twins. So if you look at fan graphs, we'll talk about their top 50 uh, free agent list in a bit, but in the top 20, I believe, are three Minnesota Twins pitchers, Pineda, Gibson, and Oda Rizzi. The fourth member of the pen, Martin Perez, who uh, had a 500 k buyout but just a $7 million price tag, was let go by the Twins today, which is kind of shocking. So that means four of the starters who, four of their five starters who pitch the most innings are hitting free agency. Um, Perez, again, at a very, I mean, $7 million for a starter is more than reasonable. And this is also the same day that uh, I was kind of surprised that they let uh, Steven Gonsalves go, the left-hander who never, I mean, he never got a shot in the bigs. He got, uh, that's a projection. In 2018, he pitched 24 innings in the bigs. He's always been a control lefty, um, and now he's going to be in the with the Mets. But, uh, yeah, I, I, for a guy who was a top prospect a few years ago to never really get that extended look, um, the left-hander this past year, uh, between multiple levels, the walk rate started to go up. But, I mean, the strikeout rate was also a career high. Um, the hit rate was extremely low. The home run rate was high. A lot of things going on there. But, yeah, for them to let go of a reasonable option on a starter and to let go a left-hander was, I mean, he's been consistently a top prospect for them who's in the upper minors as a starter were uh, were some of the more surprising moves on the day for me, at least. Uh, the Twins pitching is, I mean, they're they also took Cole Stewart off their forty man. Not a huge surprise that really hasn't worked out well for them. But this is a team that needs pitching, and they let uh, let go two of the guys that I really thought would help them. Like I thought Gonsalves Gonsalves would be maybe a pen arm for them, um, but that didn't happen. I thought that. Uh, Martin Perez would be their fifth starter. That didn't happen. I, I, I'll be curious to see how they go out and handle the market. Um, they should be very active in the Robbie Ray sweepstakes. But, uh, yeah, we'll see from here. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating, and reviewing. Should have some better sound quality coming soon as I have a new microphone that should be here starting tomorrow. Thank you, and as always, go Tribe.